National Fishermen and Pacific Marine Expo are proud supporters of the Galley Stories podcast, as we make similar efforts to highlight the people and topics that define commercial fishing. You can see what that looks like in print and online all year long, as well as every November in Seattle when this community comes together at PME. Check out nationalfisherman.com and pacificmarineexpo.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Galley Stories, stories of the Bering Sea and beyond, hosted by Mark Kaler. My name is Penka Jane, podcast deckhand and longtime listener. We'd thank you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Here's today's catch. Hello guys and welcome back to another installment of Galley Stories, stories of the Bering Sea and beyond. I'm your host, Mark Kaler. Today we have Garrett Olson with us, captain of the Absolute. How you doing, Garrett? Just fine, just fine, Mark. How you doing this morning? Well, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I just caught him. We're here in Knack-Knack, Alaska, uh, in Bristol Bay, and he came up for a cup of coffee, but uh, I'm going to get a story out of him anyway. <laughs> Garrett, where were you born, and what got you into commercial fishing? Oh, my. Well, I was born in Seattle, and uh, my old man, Knut Olson, immigrated from Denmark in 1959. Came straight to uh, Seattle, and then he was sponsored by an uncle of his, or his, his mother's uncle, and, which was a, one of the original pioneers up in, up in Chignik, and uh, drove up the Alcan, made his way up to Chignik, and started fishing. And uh, fished for, God, not maybe, maybe three years? before he got his own boat and uh, started getting after it. And I came up in 1984 when I was 12. And then uh, Fish Family with my brother Jeff, my sister Heidi from 84 to 80, 88, 89. And then, uh, then he financed me in, uh, in my own operation. And I took that over, a guy ran it named Steve Finney for uh, Oh, from 80, 89 to 92, 93, something like that. And then I took over in 93 and never looked back. All on the Absolute? All on the Absolute, yep. Well, we started on the Heidi. That was his boat, of course. And then, yeah, he, he financed the Absolute for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you talked about coming up when you were 12. What was your first job on the boat? And, and you know, what experience did you have with that? Well, the best story about being 12 was, you know, I flew by myself to get there. And, you know, back then, you know, three flights to you know, Seattle to Anchorage, Anchorage to King Salmon, King Salmon down to Chignik. And I didn't know there was, there was three Chignicks, you know, the lakes, the lagoon, and the bay. And uh, so we flew over the bay, and I looked down, and, hey, that looks like my dad's boat. I had no idea every boat looked exactly the same, right? So I landed in the bay and uh, got off the plane, a bunch of people around, all of a sudden all the trucks drove off and I was standing there by myself. Mind you, I was wearing a 1984 big light blue puffy jacket with a stupid stocking cap with a fluff ball on top that my mother had dressed me in and damn near ski pants, I'm sure. And uh, so, uh, so I started just walking, walking towards the uh, towards the plant where boats were, and 
see it. Somebody picked me up and drove me down there, and I was like, hey, I'm Knut Olsen's son. I'm looking for Knut. He's like, Knut, he's in the lagoon. I was like, oh, where's, the, where's the lagoon? Well, that's about a 40-minute 40, 40 boat ride up the, up the bay here. Like, I know your dad. I'll take you. So here I am, 12 years old. I get on Gary Anderson's boat, and, you know, four old dudes just still kind of terrified and nervous, you know, just like, what am I doing? Drive up the lagoon, get off the boat, get skip into shore, still nobody there, just start walking. Oh, he said, uh, your dad's up at Ronnie Anderson's house, just walk up that dirt road. So I start walking, and here comes, like, I don't know, 10 kids walk on the airstrip, and they look down at me and my stupid outfit, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing around here? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just looking for my dad. They're like, you better get out of here. Like, we don't know who you are. I'm like, I'm, I'm Knut Olsen's son. I think I'm going to get my ass kicked by these guys. And uh, there they go. Oh, oh, you're Garrett. Oh, we were waiting for you. Come on, buddy. You're, you're our cousin. So up we went to Ronnie's house and found my dad. Then that began that journey. And then... Uh, my first job was the purse man. So before we had shivs on the on the deck winches, you know, you take three, four wraps on there, you sit there and purse up the purse up the bottom of the net. So I just sat there and pulled that line until my dad screamed bloody murder to get over and pull web. It's like pull up, run over there and pull web and they scream at me, what the hell are you doing over there? Get over here and purse. So I run back over and purse and Pretty soon I got tears running down my face and I swear I, I was in tears every set for the next two years <laughs> working for my dad. He was a he was a screamer back in the day. So um, a lot of our listeners probably don't know the exact concept about saying and some of them might take the time to look it up. But how would you describe what the process is? Oh boy. Um, well, I'm an outside fisherman, so let's just use the outside. Well, it doesn't matter. It works both ways. So say the outside net's a quarter mile long, you know, 40 to 50 feet deep. With a cork line, web, lead line on the bottom with purse with rings on it, basically. And there's a line that goes all, that runs through the net on the bottom. And you hold that out and make a, form basically a hook with a skiff on the other end. And you sit there for a half hour of the tide, hold it in the tide for a half hour, close the ends up, and uh, you put the purse line on the winch, and it sucks the whole bottom up like a purse, like purse strings. And then you start reeling it in. At the end of it, there's a big bag of fish, hopefully. So did that, and then on your own operation. Yeah. Uh, yep. How was it moving from being crew to being captain? It was a blast, man. I mean, I can't, I can't fathom what it took for my dad to, to give me the helm. At, I imagine my kids now, you know, like at 19, 19, 20, just had the whole operation to myself, and he didn't. It wasn't like that wasn't micromanaged. He just said, "Here, son, go do it," and uh, just, just got after it. I can't even, I can't fathom what it took to, you know, we were young kids, 
you know, got in plenty of trouble, of course. But it's like, just to let us go out there and do it was uh, was something else. That's for sure. What What's your greatest memory? Your best memory? You know, at sea. So, uh, fishing wise, yeah. Oh boy, this best the best day of fishing was. Uh, we were all in town, and there was an emergency opener. Well, of course, me and my crew had been partying pretty heavy that night, and there was no way. So the whole fleet left, but there was no way I was leaving because we were uh, we were getting after it pretty good. So by the time we all sobered up, the uh, daybreak was here, and okay, we better get the hell out of here. So we start traveling, and we're going out to Navy Island. Ten hours away from Chignik, the hot spot, right? And everybody's out there. Must have been twelve boats out there, and we're late. We're like we're really late. <clears throat> so show up, and so I've got six hours to wait before I can even take a turn. And my dad and brother are just, just, what are you doing in there? Again? We're here to fish. We're out here to party. And just, just. So I just turned the radio off. Good enough of that, right? <laughs> And uh, six hours goes by, and they're catching bag, you know, they're catching fish, you know, you know, a couple thousand pounds here and there. And uh, so our, our turn finally comes up. And glass calm, slack water, we set the net out, and all of a sudden it's just, just raindrops. Just fish just jumping everywhere. So we close it up, and just, whole scene started boiling. We had 40,000 pounds in one set, just deck, just deck loaded. One set filled the skiff, filled the flying bridge, put a cooler across the ladder, filled the flying bridge. We had fish pouring out of that thing everywhere. Limp into the tender. That was, was, of course, I had to tell my dad and brother, you know, like, well, I was just looking at the tide, you guys, and figured, you know, we slack water by the time it was my turn, and oh yeah, that was a, that was a good memory. Awesome. For sure, for sure. What about uh, what about your worst memory? Oh, that one's too vivid, boy. I took the boat down to Seattle in 2014 and completely rebuilt it, top to bottom, every wire, through hole, hose clamp, engine, refrigeration, everything. Just gutted the entire thing, rebuilt it all. Got up to Chignik, fish. Oh, it must have been. We were out west, so it must have been July sometime. It was snagged up. It was blowing, and the uh, the starboard stanchion that holds the the van cables, the boom, basically, and the boom, mind you, is 28, 29 feet long, eight inches thick, with all kinds of winches and everything on it. Well, that the stanchion that held that thing wasn't strong enough and blew, tore it off the deck the boom swung 90 degrees parallel to the boat and I had net in the wheel so I'm immediately backing the net out of the out of the block but the boat literally laying 90 degrees to the to the water just water up to the deck winch I mean the boat it was a miracle I'm convinced a 42 foot delta cannot roll over the, the fact that that boat didn't roll over at that time was beyond beyond fathomable. 
so there we are. We're, we're basically sitting on the side of the hull. You could have stood on the side of the hull. It was the bullet laid over that far. Couldn't do a damn thing. Couldn't get the boom over, no, no possible way. A couple of boats were just standing there kind of watching me. They didn't know what to do. Well, out of the blue, all of a sudden, there's a little bit of, little bit of line left in the power block. Out of the blue, here comes my brother, raced over in a skiff, tied that, tied that line onto the tow bit, and, oh, and ripped the boom back over to the center of the boat. And as soon as that boom came over, I was able to jump the hydraulics and slam the whole thing onto the deck. Just cables and lines and shit everywhere. But the boat came back. That was probably the, definitely the most fearful I've ever been fishing. What is fishing giving you? Oh man, what is everything? Everything. My lifestyle, my independence, uh, confidence. Um, it's made me who I am, definitely. Every every bit of it. I love it. The people like you know, I'm a general contractor in the wintertime, you know. People ask me what I do for a living all the time, you know, I'm like I always say commercial fishing, but Mind you, it's only three months out of the year, but it's what I do. Mm -hmm. Is it what your kids are going to do or are doing? They're doing it now. That's a game changer, man. So before, this is, you know, this is just uh, this boys camp, you know, men's, men's summer camp, right? Just get my buddies from high school or, my, you know, later in life now, that you know, we're 20-year-olds and it's just a good time and guys, but now my boys started coming three years ago, which has completely changed everything. Just having those guys on there at this age is is, is the best thing ever. Just, I, I'll look back on these days and, and say it's the best time I've ever, I've ever had. So I got a 12 year old and a 14 year old on the boat here now. And we tender in Bristol Bay for Trident for until uh, for a month. And then we head down to Shaitik and start salmon fishing after this. And seeing those guys, you know, tie up the boat, shovel fish, pitch fish, you know, watch me change the oil and all that stuff. And so it'll, it'll be there for them if they want it. Um, but we'll see, you know. Time's fickle, we'll see what they, what they want to do when they get older. If, if their career that they choose works out where they can take some time off and come and do this and fine by me. If not, I'll sell it all and go live on a beach with you. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably get in trouble on a beach somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure we would. Uh, what what advice would you have? I mean obviously your kids have come up, you know, living this lifestyle. But what advice would you have for some listeners out there that maybe maybe are interested in this lifestyle? How would you suggest they go about getting on their first boat? Boy, that is a that is a good question. It's I mean, it is it's not like it used to be. You know, crewmen are few and far between a lot of times. You know, quality's tough to find these days. Um, I mean, how to get a job out here? You know, it's all internet these days, I believe, unless, you know, this is very, everything's, a, fishing's a very family-oriented and a, and, a, and a small community, right? 
it's all about who you know, just like a lot of things in life. But uh, yeah, get a hold of someone and, and get your start and be the first to get up and the last to go to bed. When you hear that engine start, be the first one on deck and just work. That's it, man. Just, just keep keep going. Don't bitch. Don't complain. You get screamed at. Just suck it up. My dad screamed bloody murder every day. Two years Three. of crying. <laughs> Two years of crying. Maybe three. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but it wasn't. You know, it's it's not that. It's not derogatory. It's pull that line. Get that. Get that hook. You know, just it's. It's motivation. But then when I moved to the skiff, it would be like, you know, he'd start screaming by bird, pointing right at me, you know, toe, 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 and I'm towing wide open, right? I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Right where I'm Doing supposed to be. Doing everything you can. Doing everything I'm supposed to be, right in the perfect spot. And he will, he'd flap his wings and just come unglued, so I'd get so, fun, so pissed. At the end of the set, I'd suck up the skiff and put one foot on the net, one on the hatch, one on the flybridge. There's three steps to get up there. I'm like, God damn it, what are you screaming about? I'm right where I'm supposed to be. He's like, what are you talking about? You did great. That's just how it is, man. Just deal with it. So it's just, you just, when the, when you're in the heat of battle, if you got a screamer, you just suck it up and get the job done. And after that, after the fish are on board, nobody cares, everybody forgets. All well, your dad caught a lot of fish. I mean, uh, I, I remember years and years ago, the first time I ever went on, on the Heidi Linnae, everything had its place. It was beautiful. Nothing was out of place. And it's the same for you and your brother, your, your, you and your brother's boats now. Tight ships. You get that from him. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can't have shit everywhere. Just, it's dangerous. And it's just... Just keep it where it's got to be. Mm-hmm. Those chignik reds are some of the most beautiful fish. Oh yeah, yeah. They were the, at one time they were the, was the place to be. Going through a down cycle here for sure now, but hopefully there's something on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any final words or any final stories you'd like to share with us, Garrett? Appreciate you inviting me into your studio here. You got a beautiful view of uh, the River Naknek. Didn't know this was going to be my, my morning coffee, but I sure enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. A short one, but sweet. Good stories. Um, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Galley Stories. We hope you like what the net brought in. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Whether you like it or not, we're not fishing for compliments. Look us up on Facebook and Twitter, too, and reach out to us at galleystories at gmail.com.